0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, what is going on, everybody? How are you doing? Welcome to a, well, I was going to call it a bonus, a Thursday, St. Patrick's Day, mini pod, And I'm going to do this today. So I'm recording this on Thursday morning. And I'm going to drop it immediately for this week only. This is going to take the place of our typical casual Friday episode. More on that uh, in a second. want to let you guys know that I did speak to Joe Yurden, who does the casual Friday episodes with me every week, as many of you know. Uh, you haven't heard Joe for the past couple of weeks. His mom passed away recently from from cancer, and he's still hurting, man. I talked to him briefly. He's still hurting, as to be expected, and uh, still going through that process. And, and hopefully, he'll be back soon. I look forward to having him not just on this show with me every Friday, but also his maintenance day podcast that he does with Lance Ozowski of the Buffalo News and all the other stuff that Joe does, man. Mr. Dude. Love that guy. Hopefully he'll be back uh, real soon. But anyway, I wanted to do a, a quick mini pod. And I'll tell you what, every time I do something solo, I always say it's a mini pod. And then it ends up going for freaking 50 minutes or, or more. Definitely not going to be the case today. Um, I just want to talk about two things. I want to talk about, well, Buffalo and St. Patrick's Day. That counts as one because that to me is connected. And then I just had a couple of quick thoughts on the Bill signing Von Miller on wednesday uh not gonna deep dive into that so that's all today's episode is gonna be like i said a legitimate true mini pod uh before i get going i do want to give huge thanks to two people because this podcast has done really really well over the last two episodes uh first and foremost chad D. D. dominicis from expected buffalo he subbed in last week for joe on casual friday and that episode Did really really good, and then this past Tuesday I had Greg Thompson on from Cover One, and I'll tell you what, man, that episode blew up. One of the most downloaded episodes of this podcast in a very very long time, and and I'll tell you what. Furthermore, um, did really well on YouTube, doing really well on YouTube. Uh, I just recently started posting full episodes, video episodes of this podcast. At least some of them, anyway. Like this one, for an example. This is a quick audio only today, but I taped it and put it on video. Uh, Me and Greg did over a thousand views in 24 hours, the full length podcast. And then I put up a clip of Greg talking about the new defensive tackles and that clip did well over like 2,200 views in like 24 hours or something. So big thanks to those guys, man. Those are the the kind of guests that really helped me grow uh, this podcast. But anyway, So I, like I said, I'm recording this literally Thursday morning and it's going to be out minutes within concluding this, uh, this recording raw warts included. I'm not going to go back and edit in and take out any mistakes. I'm just gonna, I'm on the team man. I'm just going to grip it and rip it. Um, and I'm recording this Thursday. Like I said, uh, no Friday episode for this week. Only be back casual Friday next week. Hopefully it'll be with Joe. If not, Chad will, uh substitute Cheech for him uh, again. But the reason why I want to do something today or, or more importantly, the reason why I ain't doing an episode for tomorrow, which I would be taping later tonight on Thursday is because of St. Patrick's Day, quite frankly. I, uh, I'm excited about today, more so than normal. So I grew up in Buffalo. I spent my whole life in Buffalo, many, you know that. And then I spent five years in Florida before moving back um, late last summer. And I'll tell you, man, the, the St. Patrick's day is no small reason why I wanted to move back to Buffalo. And I know that sounds silly. Just one drinking day of the year, but it's more than that. First of all, St. Patrick's day to a lot of people in Buffalo is much more than one day. There's several events that go on through the month. You got the shamrock run. You got the first ward parade. You got the downtown parade. You got tons of local bar parties and then of course you have actual st patrick's day and uh it means a lot to me it means a lot not just to me but to a lot of my friends um i i gather with family for a couple of these functions and it's a lot of fun when i was in florida for five years i missed a lot of things about living in buffalo but honestly man st patrick's day is right up there uh near the top and i was in again being in florida it was it was um, schematically cosmetically St. Patrick's Day was cool. You no, know, you had Celtic festivals going on, you had 70 degree weather in March which is always nice. By the way, it's Buffalo, holy shit man, it's going to be in the 60s today man. This is elite weather. Got to be kidding me. But anyway, Florida would always be nice. It looks the part. You have the Irish music, people are wearing green, they're, they're dancing. It just never, I don't know, man, it just, there was something about it that just felt a little too cosmetic to me. Whereas being in Buffalo for, for events like this, for days like this, it just, it feels like the real thing. And it is cool to uh, have such great weather, which by the way, another reason why I'm making sure I do this in the morning and not tonight. Well, the biggest reason, quite frankly, to be honest with everybody is I plan on drinking a hell of a lot. As soon as I'm done doing this podcast, as soon as it's posted, I get up on his Facebook, Twitter, my ass is jumping in the shower and I'm headed down to Seneca Street. If you're listening, feel free to stop in. Um, we're doing a pub crawl. My friend started it years ago, my cousin Fudge. And I'll tell you right now, we go to like 17, 18 different bars and we walk to them all, all up and down Seneca Street. And then we mosey on over to Abbott Road. And then we hit a bunch of bars on Abbott road. That's what I plan on doing today. This is a good, a big reason why I'm so happy to be back living in home again. Um, And again, the weather is nice. You know, we do it even when the weather's shitty. Well, I haven't done it in five years Well, no one's done in the last two years because of COVID. So I'm, I'm excited. And and the weather being beautiful today and what a beautiful day it is in Buffalo, New York, man. Woo. That's going to make it a hell of a lot easier to do a lot of that walking and drinking. So I'll say this too. When it comes to the bills, we will talk about all the moves they've made so far. We'll talk about that ad nauseum in the coming episodes. Uh, I just wanted to give a couple quick personal thoughts on Von Miller. Um, Like I said, just my own personal thoughts. I'm not going to deep dive into his football impact, so to speak. And like I said, there'll be so many guests coming on over the next handful of episodes to talk about OJ Howard and Roger Saffold, and, and Tim Settle, Daquan Jones, whatever else the Bills may be doing, maybe literally as I record this. We'll break those moves down a lot more in the coming episodes. We'll talk Buffalo Sabres a lot more, who, by the way, are playing good. A lot of fun to watch them. We'll talk about them over the next um, handful of episodes. But anyway, I'm gonna take a quick 30-second break. And then after that, I just got a couple quick thoughts of my own on Von Miller. Be right back.
0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: All right, I'm back. So l- let me arrive to this point when it comes to Vaughn Miller. Wednesday. Free agency officially starts, not the tampering period, but the official free agency. Although in reality, free agency started probably long before uh, the legal tampering period did on Monday. And I think that I probably was like a lot of you listening, a lot of Bills fans out there. I think free agency for the Bills started out really strong. You you had an all-pro guard and you had two pretty good defensive tackles immediately on Monday, day one of tampering period. And then on Tuesday, the Bills added, well, we thought they were adding J.D. McKissick, which, man, I'm telling you, that had me through the roof. I was very, very excited about that move, man. There's a a list of four or five, what I considered low-key, kind of under the radar, realistic Bills free agent candidates that I thought could really, help this team. Not necessarily the biggest names, but guys that could really help this football team that would bring something different to the table. And uh, well, ironically, OJ Howard was one of them. And another one was JD McKissick. So I was very happy about Monday, very happy about Tuesday. Was a little bit concerned because I felt last year and I especially felt this year that getting a, uh, an impact veteran pass rusher was priority one there's two things in the league that you got to have to be great it's a quarterback and the ability to get after a quarterback and the bills obviously have one of the best quarterbacks in the nfl josh allen now and i know advanced statistics say that the pressure rate the win rate and all that stuff was better than it appeared but to me the bills pass rush just flat out wasn't good enough and Jerry Hughes is a guy who, you know, uh, let me say this. He is better than what the sacks indicate. He only had two sacks. And I understand that his win rate and that his pressure rate and win percentage, there's there's kinds of analytical, like advanced stats that tell a, a bigger story than just flat out sacks because sacks can be a lot of things. They can be covered sacks. It can be lucky sacks, you know. Someone else is pressuring a guy and then he runs right into you. So sacks could be misleading. I understand that. I do. But at the end of the day, Jerry Hughes only had two sacks last year. And I just, to me, that wasn't good enough. And I know the defense was ranked number one all season long or most of the season. But at the end of the day, this was a defense to me that I I, kind of felt like they were paper champions. Like they dominated shitty teams all year long. Shitty quarterbacks, shitty teams. The Bills defense dominated you. They stepped on you. They flexed on you. But too often, at least for my personal liking, this team struggled against good offenses. They they were eaten alive by Jonathan Taylor. They were were beaten badly by the Tennessee Titans. They only gave up 14 points against the Patriots the first time, but they let them run wild. Big plays, big runs. This team was susceptible to that a lot of the season. And then, yeah, look, the playoffs. I get it. Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time already. I get it. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, you didn't get the job done. They didn't get to him, and they let Patrick Mahomes and that Chiefs offense just decimate the defense. The talking points will always, always be, when it comes to that playoff game, it's always going to be the no squib kick and the two plays where the Bills decided to play prevent defense. But beyond that, that defense didn't do shit the whole game. Patrick Mahomes ate their lunch, man. He bullied them. Including the overtime drive where they got the ball and went right down to score. So anyway, pass rushes was a big deal to me and to all of us. I'm sure. Okay. I didn't think it was good enough. I didn't think what I'm trying to say long winded here. Jerry Hughes to me wasn't good enough anymore. Or, Maybe you could bring back Hughes, but you got to have someone else too. It couldn't just Jerry Hughes couldn't be your best pass rusher. That's, I guess, what I'm trying to say right now. So come Wednesday, like many of you, I was locked in on Chandler Jones. I had, I had hopes that the Bills were going to sign him. I do think that I know the Bills were interested in him, and I think that the uh, the interest was mutual. But I was also guarded because I don't care what what these guys say. All right, I don't care. Where they're from, I don't care if they're coming back home. He's from the Syracuse, he went to college at Syracuse. None of that matters to me. At the end of the day, it's just going to be about money. That's what it's going to be about. And I was concerned about that because Brandon Bean has been the type of general manager who says, all right, this is the player. This is the value that we have for him. This is what we're going to offer. And we are just not going to overpay. The Bills have been sniffing around defensive ends for a while now with no success. You had Chandler Jones, who ultimately, by the way, went to the Raiders. Um, Agba, restarted Miami last year with the J.J. Watt. It just felt to me like Brandon Bean was not the kind of guy who was going to pay just a shitload of money for, for a player. He's the kind of guy who prefers to not restructure guys, not kick the salary cap can down the road. He takes care of his own. He extends his own. He re-signs his own and he drafts. And by the way, Hell of a strategy. That's not a criticism. That's just the way Brandon Bean is. That's what I'm saying. So once Chandler Jones signed with uh, the Raiders, which was what, around, I don't know, mid-afternoon, and then not long after that, there was a a couple trades, a couple other signings. I'm like, shit, man, the Bills are going to end up re-signing Jerry Hughes, aren't they? (sighs) That's what I resigned myself to now, and I wasn't happy, and I was getting impatient. For all the reasons I just said, I, I think they needed a defensive end and I didn't think Brandon Bean was going to fork out the money. I'm going to tell you right now, and I'm being completely honest with you, I was stunned, freaking stunned, floored. When the news broke, I think Ian Rappaport was first that the Bills were signing Von Miller because it came out of nowhere. And it got me thinking, uh, you know, we've spent over the last couple weeks, whether it's Greg Thompson, whether it's Aaron Quinn, uh, Joe Yoder and I had a couple conversations with free about free agents. I've done a solo show or two. Um, we talked about offseason bowl predictions. In fact, I a couple of weeks ago did a solo show, an entire show, based on your meaning you, the listener, the people who follow me on Twitter, your Buffalo Bills offseason bowl predictions. It was about a fifty minute show, and I asked you to come with your biggest bold Bills offseason predictions. And there were some pretty outlandish ones. A lot of uh, Daniil Hunter trades, a lot, a lot of stuff like that. Not one person even said Von Miller. My point is this: we didn't spend any time on any of these episodes talking about Von Miller because I just straight up thought it was not even realistic. And I thought I would have bet my life that that man was either going to resign with the Rams or go back to Denver. And if there was a dark horse, it would have been the Dallas Cowboys. That was going to be the dark horse. It was going to be one of those three teams for sure, 100%. So I didn't spend any time, any mental energy, didn't get one ounce of hope that the Bills were going to sign Von Miller. I'm like, if they can't, especially, you know, again, they didn't land Chandler Jones going back to last year. They didn't land J.J. Watt. In some ways, I'm glad they didn't. Now, I just, I just didn't see it. So I was absolutely, completely stunned. And the one thing I did know, though, as soon as news broke, six million. In fact, I was at uh, a restaurant. I was at Imperial Pizza when this actually happened. Talking to a few people there uh, that I work with. And six years, $120 million. Everyone was like, first of all, shock and awe that Von Miller agreed to sign with the bills. And secondly, the contract. And I, I knew this much, at least. I'm like, don't, and I started telling people right away, don't don't, don't pay any attention to that. Six years, $120 million, don't mean shit. Don't pay any attention to that because that's not real. That's not real. Let's wait for signing bonuses, guarantee money, what he's got coming in the first two, three years. That's essentially, that'll be what his real contract is. But just the, uh, the shock and awe of it is, it's nuts and look i'm not even trying to be a homer here okay trust me i'm not i am quick to criticize the buffalo bills as much as i like the bills i'm a bills fan but i will not hesitate to to drop the hammer and i get you know i I get a lot of shift for it but it is what it is this is not me being a homer this this is just what an incredible move and i get it man if you really hate the bills that much or you want to be a hater Von miller is 32 he's going to be 33 Before this month's over, I get it. You're not getting, you know, 26-year-old Von Miller anymore. But I'll tell you what, this guy's still an amazing player. And what he brings to this organization. By the way, let me throw this out there too. Again, we'll examine this in the coming episodes a little more, make some comparisons more detailed. This is the best free agent signing in the history of the Buffalo Bills. This is bigger than Mario Williams. Now, Mario Williams was a little bit of a, a different story. Mario Williams was. You know, the Bills were recruiting him and it was very public and we knew about it. And he flew in the Buffalo at the airport. You had all this stuff going on. Different scenario, whereas Vaughn Miller was like, nothing, 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 nothing. Bam, holy fucking shit. You know, it, it just came out of nowhere. I, I, I get that. So they're different. But Vaughn Miller is the best free agent signing in the history of the Buffalo Bills with all due respect to Mario Williams. Bar none, by the way. This guy is a first ballot Hall of Famer. This guy is a two-time Super Bowl champion. This guy is a Super Bowl MVP. Uh, this guy has 115 and a half sacks since entering the NFL in, uh, what was it, 2011? Most in the entire NFL. He's still a great player. He had nine and a half sacks last year. Um, he was right up there too in the, in the NFL leading pressures. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but this was between the Rams and the Broncos. The guy's still a player on the field, man. And he's not a big injury risk. I mean, he missed all of 2020 because he had that freak uh, ankle tendon tear. But besides that, he's been reliable. He's been healthy. He's been on the field. He missed only one game over the previous six years with Denver. Again, not counting the 2020 season. Your boy's had seven seasons of 10 plus sacks. He's never had less than eight sacks since going all the way back to 2013, again, with the exception of uh, when he missed 2020. That's on the field stuff. Off the field, this guy just brings credibility. He brings leadership. He brings a winning mentality. Not that the Bills didn't already have that. He just adds to it and he brings another level of it. uh, Josina Anderson, I thought had an awesome tweet. I do actually want to read this. She says, Von Miller will walk Into the Bills facility with instant champion credibility in meetings, practice, games when times get rough, and poise when they get better. From little things like encouraging Aaron Donald to speak more to turning it up himself when the team needs him most. By God, man, by God. Does that not sound like exactly what the Buffalo Bills need? Some leadership on that defense, and more importantly, a guy that will turn it up himself when the team needs it the most. All I think about when I hear that quote is the second half of that AFC playoff game last year against Kansas City where goddamn if just somebody would have got to Patrick Mahomes and finished the pass rush, you're you're probably looking at a completely uh, different outcome. You are. I'm just, I'm really, I, I can't help I try to be, I try to separate being a Bills fan from doing this podcast. When I do this podcast, I really try, and I feel like for the most part I do, to just be objective and fair and not overly emotional when I talk about things involving this team. But you have to be excited about it, man. It just, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. And I'll tell you another thing that I think Von Miller is going to help the Bills with. Maybe not today or tomorrow, but at some point, because look, there's still holes on this team. You got quarterback two. You have, they. I, I'm pretty sure they want to add to the running back room, considering that they did originally come to terms with JD McKissick before he changed his mind, punk ass bitch. Going back to Washington, that fucking sucked. Anyway, another story for another time, but you got running back. Um, They still can use another receiver. I think it's pretty obvious at this point, Cole Beasley's gone. I think they're still trying to trade him. And once that's exhausted, I think they're going to cut him. In fact, I bet money they're going to cut him. Cole Beasley's not paying another down for the Bills. So even after bringing Isaiah McKenzie back, you need another wide receiver. Uh, Cornerback is a glaring hole for the Bills right now. In fact, far and away after these moves this week, uh, you fortified defensive tackle. And you, you you get a stud defensive end. Cornerback is the glaring need on this team right now. You only got Dane Jackson and, of course, Trey White. But Trey White, look, until he comes back 100% in the same player, you never know. You know? So that's a glaring need. And, look, some of them obviously would be addressed with the draft with rookies. Although I'm not sure even a first-round guy, you can guarantee he'll come in and start. Maybe a receiver would. But anyway, here's my point. Whether well, especially if it's corner and I should have added guard, they, they can use some guard depth because Roger Saffold is a guy who's only here probably for one year. And, uh, you know, you probably, that sounds like a great draft position to, to develop a guy for a year and then hopefully he becomes a starter. Kind of like I think Spencer Brown was supposed to be before that got accelerated. But anyway, here's the point that I was trying to make, folks. Vaughn Miller is going to m- matter when it comes to, there's going to be a veteran out there right now who's waiting for the market and they're not getting what they want. And at some point they're going to be like, well, I think we're going to have to take a one or two year kind of like prove a deal. And, uh, cause we're not going to get what we're looking for. So what's a good fit. What's a good team. And you start thinking and going through your list. Like say if you're a corner, like say you're Steve Nelson, just someone like that. I don't know why Steve Nelson. That's the first thing that popped in my head but a veteran corner, a pretty skilled corner, a guy who's going to be looking for a home, a prove-it kind of deal, a one-year deal. Vaughn Miller gives the Bills even more credibility than they already had. And they already had some credibility. I think Buffalo is slowly starting to become a destination franchise that's been talked about recently. Vaughn Miller being there just adds to it. Again, who doesn't want to play with Josh Allen? And who doesn't want to play with Vaughn Miller? Just the credibility that he brings and the talent. I mean, it's he's going to matter. He's because of Von Miller, I'd be willing to bet, and you'll probably hear about it in down the road as some free agent signs, and he's asked about his reasons for coming to Buffalo. I'm telling you now, that guy, that person will say Von Miller had plenty to do with it. So you might land a corner or you might land. A receiver or something like that. And Von Miller being here in Buffalo now plays no small role. Because if nothing else, last point here, folks, if nothing else, signing Von Miller shows that the Buffalo Bills are now officially, and I mean officially, all in to win the Super Bowl right now. No more saying Brandon Bean is is too worried about kicking the can down the road. No saying that no more saying that Brandon Bean's more worried about the team two, three years from now than he is this season. That's just out the window, man. You can't say that no more. And I've said it too. Sorry, so I'm including myself here. You can't say that shit no more. The Bills are all in. To, to make this move, for this to happen, Brandon Bean's doing stuff that he doesn't typically like to do. And by the way, Bruce uh, Nolan did an entire Bruce exclusive podcast on this that just dropped today. Go check that out. But anyway, to Bruce's point, and he's right. Brandon Bean's doing things he doesn't normally do restructuring contracts like he is. I know Matt Milano's done and uh, Micah Hyde. They're restructured contracts and there's going to be more restructures coming too. So they're restructuring contracts. They're extending, they're kicking money down the road. They're putting void years in contracts, things that Brandon Bean typically doesn't do. They're counting on winning now. They're counting on a TV deal, making the salary cap really jump over the next couple of years. And more or less, The Bills are saying with these moves, especially signing Von Miller, that they're going to worry about the future a little bit more in the future. Let's put a championship caliber, a legitimate true championship caliber football team on this field. Von Miller being here right now to me kind of gets me over the hump because I've struggled to get over the hump of last year's, or I shouldn't say last year, last season's um, crushing loss to the Kansas City Chiefs. 13 seconds. I'm never going to completely get over it. But this today, this signing, how I feel right now, this moves me on. I'm not completely over it, but I'm ready to move on. I am now, as a Bills fan, I am now really excited about the 2022 season. Because if they go and get Vaughn Miller, who knows what else they're gonna do, you know? But even if they don't do anything else, this football team right now, today, is significantly better than it is when the season ended, because I think they upgraded slightly at guard. I think they got two defensive tackles who, if you combine their skill traits, probably are a little bit better than Harrison Phillips. I think Phillips is the better tackle, the three, but I'd rather have those two than Phillips. I do think they're going to do something at cornerback because look, Levi Wallace only got 8 million over two years in Pittsburgh. The Bills letting him go, letting him walk, went about money. Shit, one about my money. Brandon Bean looked at that position, looked at the player and says, I could do better. At least that's what I think anyway. So you got that. And then of course, the big thing, Von Miller. I mean, come on. Again, all due respect to Jerry Hughes. I like Jerry Hughes. Very good player. Love the guy. Wouldn't even hate him being back, by the way, if he had a smaller role here. If he can't find work elsewhere, sign him. I, I wouldn't hate it. I'd rather have him than A.J. Epinesa. Anyway, Von Miller, though, head and shoulders above. I mean, he's one of the best. He's still one of the best pass rushers in the NFL. So this was the Bills' response to the AFC West just loading up. Load up all you want. Beat up on each other all you want. The Bills, especially after this move, man, they're head and shoulders above uh, the rest in the AFC East. All right, man. That's it. Try to keep this under a half hour. Thank you very much for listening. Um, Again, not really planned. I just, I wanted to make sure, quite frankly, to be honest with you guys, I don't like not having an episode. I like being consistent. So I figured dropping this today is better than than doing nothing. And there won't be a casual Friday. And yeah, I'm not gonna lie to you and say this guest, this is that it's because your boy is gonna be out back in Buffalo celebrating St. Patrick's Day hardcore, man. If you're in the area, stop. I don't know what bar we're going to be at because we're going to be at 18 of them. But just trust me, man. Just drive by. You're going to see a a bunch of drunk ass dudes in the street walking around with a beer in their hand and and green on celebrating St. Patrick's Day, 60 degree weather. Man, what more could you ask for? Thank you very much for listening. Again, if you have not subscribed, please do that. Apple, Spotify, on the audio side. Go to YouTube, talk Buffalo Podcast on YouTube. Subscribe. Hit the like button or the bell so you get notifications when new episodes are dropped. Thank you guys so much, man. Appreciate you. Love y'all. Be back. New episode coming real soon. Take care. Happy St. Patrick's Day, folks.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in.